One of the unique factors of Masech de Sukkah is that it's it's very de- developmental, unlike some Masechtas, where each sugya can be uh, wrapped up, defined, understood, clarified, and put aside as a, as a complete unit. Uh, in Sukkah, each sugya is another stroke of paint on the canvas, and little by little the, the picture starts to emerge and it builds and develops, and so uh, one needs to be able to stay fluid, one needs to not become attached to one's understandings in the early parts of the Masechta as they morph and develop and evolve as we get further and further into the Masechta. Um, now in the Mishnah, as we learned uh, yesterday in the, in the opening of the of the Masechta, we learned about the Schach, we learned about the height of the Schach, the minimum and maximum height, the fact that the, there has to be more shade than the sun that's cast by the, the Schach, the fact that it must be the schach that's casting the shade and not be dependent on the walls for the shade, and so on. We had Rashi's view that the word sukkah means schach. The essence of sukkah is the schach. It's the covering on the top. Uh, that, that's really what it is, and that the sukkah represents the clouds of glory, the ananei kavod, uh, but also teach us how to, how to build a sukkah. But there was no mention in the Mishnah about the area that the sukkah should occupy. What is its maximum or minimum length and, and its breadth in the Gemara? On Dav Gimel Amadadav gets into that, which with a statement of Rav Shmuel by Yitzchak, who says, Halachat marzeket roshov <coughs> The halacha is that a sukkah should be capable of holding a person's head, the majority of his body, and his table, at least enough of a table to be able to hold his food. And we see from there that the uh, the table is part of the act of eating. When we talk about living in the sukkah, uh, eating is part of it. And eating doesn't mean uh, holding a hot dog in one's hand or a hamburger or a falafel in one's hand and standing. Eating means sitting at a table and eating. That's what that's what diro is. That's what living is. Uh, and part of this whole piece of Gemara that we're going to learn today and in the future dapim is around... Um, the, uh, two, two concepts. The one is that the sukkah has to be a dirat arai. The sukkah has to be a temporary structure. And yet the living in the sukkah has to be teshvu ke'en tadura. As we mentioned yesterday, um, the, the, the teshvu is an important part. Ki besukot hoshavti. The idea that Hashem enabled us to settle, he enabled us to dwell in the Sukkot. And that idea of Yeshivata Sukkah is important. The brocha we make is Leshev Basukah. And we're told that Teshvu Ke'en Taduru, although we're just temporarily sitting in the Sukkah, it's Ke'en Taduru, it has to be like a permanent dwelling. So we have here a structure that is temporary, a structure that is Arai, and a living, a quality of living that has an element of permanence to it, a temporal structure and a permanent way of living. And it's interesting, and this is an idea we're going to refer to over and over again through the Masechta, uh, I'm pretty sure, and that is that the sukkah and the mitzvah of sukkah models life. We think of life that we're temporal, we're only here for a period of time, but the world is here forever. But the truth is it's the other way around. If we live as spiritual beings, if we're in touch with our neshamot, if we're in touch with that spiritual dimension that is us, then that is permanent. That's not going anywhere. We're not, we, we don't exist for a limited period of time. We exist in this world, but then we move on to other places and to other states of being. But our, our existence is in, in essence permanent. Uh, but the world we live in, which we tend to look at as so permanent, 
that is really temporary. That's fragile and shaky. And that's sukkah. Sukkah is taduru, teshvuk ein taduru. Develop the capacity to live in a temporary environment with a sense of permanence. Uh, I remember my father teaching me as a, as a, as a young boy, and it's a, an idea that I've practiced because I've, through my careers, had to travel a lot. And that was that even if you're going to be in a hotel room for one night, make it your home for that night. Uh, and you would sit there and take out your photographs and put them out and unpack your suitcase completely, hang up your clothes, don't live out of the suitcase. Um, make, it, make it a home uh, so that you feel that there's, there's a permanence in it. I remember once uh, when he had leave, we rented a, a little apartment in Beit Vigan in Israel. Uh, just for it, for it was a temporary place, obviously, and as things were in those at that time in Israel, uh, there were no light fittings. There was just a globe hanging out of the ceiling, and I remember that he went out to buy a light fitting, and put it there because he just couldn't feel a sense of permanence in a home that just had a light, a, a globe, a, an electric bulb hanging from the ceiling, uh, and he wanted to make give it more of a sense of permanence. And in a sense, that's the idea of teshvu ke'en taduru. That although we're very conscious of the temporal nature of the sukkah, the dira, the way we live, the yeshiva, should be with a sense of of permanence. And and. So we get into this idea of the size of a sukkah, and as Rav Shmuel by Yitzchak says, it must be able to hold uh, our bodies, our head, most of our bodies in the table, and that the Chazal work out a little further on as being seven tfachim by seven tfachim, about 28 inches by 28 inches, as the absolute minimum size of a, of a sukkah. And what we're looking at today is, if one can eat in the sukkah because it's that small, but one can't sleep in it because it's not big enough, does it work even for the sleeping? It does work even for eating. It's big enough to eat, but it isn't big enough to sleep. Is that a valid sukkah? And that will take us into the question of whether teshfu ke'en taduru, that you've got to live in the sukkah as if you're, uh, although it's temporary, you're, you're living there as if it's permanent. Is that a design function, that the sukkah should be designed in such a way that you can be comfortable in it? Or is that your state of mind, the way you need to observe the sukkah, uh, practice the mitzvah of sukkah, irrespective of the structure, and you'll see this unfolding both today and in, in a number of future shirim as well, I'm sure. And we start off with the uh, the Mordechai. Mordechai is an important posek. He was unfortunately in, in a pogrom, was killed at a young age, but we have his works, uh, halachic works on the Mesechtas, uh, his 13th century, and he quotes Rebeleza Mimitz, who is 12th century, early 13th century. So we're starting this discussion very early on. And he says that if you build your sukkah in a place where even if it's a place where it's not safe to sleep, but it is safe to eat. You can have your meals there, but you wouldn't sleep there. Says the Rebeleza Mimitz and the Mordechai, then that sukkah doesn't work even for eating. Since it's not fit for sleeping, it's not a place that you can live. Because one needs a, a place and one needs to live in a way that is like dira, like permanent life. Since you can't fulfill all your living needs in this space, eating, drinking, and sleeping without discomfort, it isn't a sukkah. 
So the Mordechai, quoting the Rebelezim Mitz, lays down an important principle that this idea of Taduru Ke'en Teshfu Ke'en Taduru is a requirement in the design of the Sukkah. If this Sukkah doesn't allow for complete living capability, then it isn't a Sukkah. Law have your Sukkah, this isn't a Sukkah at all. The Trumas Hadeshim, so now we're moving on to the 14th century, early 15th century. The Trumas Hadeshim wrote a series of 254 um, Chuvot, dealing with all sorts of areas of, of um, Halakha, and he became one of the important resources for the Ramor, which is our Ashkenazi Minag. So our Ashkenazi Minag comes from the Ramor, Moshe Isilis in the 16th century, who drew a lot from, uh, from, from everybody, obviously, but the Trumas Hadeshin was one of the, um, the areas that he drew a lot from. So the Trumas Hadeshin quotes Rabbi Leza Mimitz, but he quotes him a little bit different to the way the, the Mordechai does. And he says, If a sukkah is not fit for sleeping, even though it's fit for eating and drinking, He's not Mekayim the mitzvah. He's, he, does, he hasn't fulfilled his mitzvah at all. He doesn't say, as the Mordechai said, it isn't a sukkah. He seems to imply that it is a sukkah, but it's not one in which you can fulfill the mitzvah. It, it satisfied the requirements of the structure. The problem is that living in that sukkah, eating in that sukkah, is not called living. Because to eat in a place where you can't take a nap afterwards, that's not called a, that's not called a living space. And the Ramor brings that lahaloche in Simen Tafrej Mem. Uh, and he says, If you make it originally in a place where uh, it's uncomfortable to eat or to drink or to sleep, or if you can't do one of those things because you're afraid of robbers while you're asleep or whatever, then says there are more you cannot use that mitzvah, you're not you that sukkah, you're not yotze in that sukkah at all, even for those things you're comfortable doing. Since you can't comfortably do it all, it's not you can't be yotze at all. The law have dira, So there are more, although he's based on the which is brought by the Mordechai, but his interpretation of it seems to be like the Trumas Hadeshin, that it's not about the sukkah not being kosher. It's about the mitzvah not able to be done in a way that is kosher. This is not like, like the living in a dira where you can do everything you need to do. The Chacham Tzvi, who is a very interesting posek from the 17th century, early 18th century, and uh, is from the uh, the Western world because he was the Rav in, in Amsterdam, where he served both, the Rav of both the Ashkenazi and Sephardi communities. Unusual that they got together to accept the authority of one Rav, and that was the Chacham Tzvi, the father of Rabbi Yaakov Emden. Later on, he was in London for a period of time, and then back to Eastern Europe. And he quotes the Mordechai. And says he disagrees with the Mordechai completely. The Teish, and here he says an important principle that we're going to use in reference as we move on. The Teish for Kein Taduru love al often hasukakai be'ezi inyan asuya because the principle of Teish for Kein Taduru that you need to dwell in the sukkah as you live permanently is not a design function of the sukkah. It's 
a style of living. It's it's your mindset when you're in the sukkah and how you live in it. And that's what it means that you should be able to live in the sukkah as if it's as if it's a permanent living living experience. But clearly, if you build two sukkot, one which is just good enough for eating but you can't sleep in it, and the other is good enough for sleeping but you can't eat in it, then both of those sukkot would be adequate and one could fulfill them because when you're eating, you're in a comfortable place to eat. And when you're sleeping, you're in a comfortable place to sleep. You don't need the sukkah to be able to be slept in and eaten in at the same time because that's not how we live. And in fact, the Chacham Tzvi suggests that that is the Machlokis Rabbi Yehuda, the Rebbe in Rabbonon, which we have on Daf Gimel and Aleph, as to whether you need four amot square, which is about uh, two, two meters square, um, or whether it's enough just to have seven tfachim square, which is less than, a, than one meter square. And he says the issue is, do you need place for a bed or not? Does it have to be big enough just for your body and your table, which is seven square tfachim, or do you need it to be big enough for a bed as well? And that sh- that we, there we paskin like the chachamim, who say seven by seven tfachim is sufficient. So you see, he says that you don't have to have a space that contain a bed. As long as what you're using it for at the time, it's fit for. You're eating, it's fit for food. You're sleeping, it's fit for sleeping. It doesn't matter that they can't be used simultaneously for both. The Vilna Gorn, um so this is after the time of the Chacham Tzvi. I don't know whether or not he saw the Chacham Tzvi's work, uh, his 18th century. Uh, the Vilna Gorn says on this halacha of the, of the Ramor in Simon Tafrej Mem, that this, that if it's not big enough, if you can't do everything in it, you can't sleep and eat in it, it's That's like a sukkah that, that is less than seven by seven. In other words, the Vilna Gorn holds, it is a design function. The size of the sukkah, the sukkah must enable, must be capable of supporting eating and sleeping in order for it to be called a sukkah. So he's learning it exactly the same way as the Mordechai quotes Rebeleza Mimitz, that unless you can do everything in it, lo have your sukkah, it isn't a sukkah, different from the Chacham Tzvi. So we have here two angles, the view of the Chacham Tzvi, the Teshvuk Ein Taduru, this requirement of being in a sukkah in a way that is like living permanently, uh, is a not a function of design, but it's a function of how to function in the in the sukkah. And the Vilna Gaon says it is a function of design. The Mishnah Bura, Now we're going to nineteenth and twentieth century. The Mishnah Bura, um says that there is a view that um, it, it doesn't have to be able to support both eating and sleeping at the same time. It only has to be support what you're doing at that time. And in the Shire Tzion, he references the. The chuvas of the Chacham Tzvi. So we see that Chacham Tzvi is not marginal, he's brought right into the center of the halachic debate. Um, and he brings others who hold like the Chacham Tzvi as well. And in fact, he mentions the Shari Chuvin, Simon Tafrej Lametet, who brings a proof from Rav Haigon going all the way back to the 10th century or so um, that, that supports the view of the Chacham Tzvi. And therefore, says the, the Chofetz Chaim, one shouldn't build a sukkah that is that small that it can't support eating and sleeping. But if you do have one, then, then it's certainly okay. Um, and the Oruch HaShulchan deals, deals with it as well. Either way, what the principle that we have here is that in uh, understanding the relationship between living space and quality of life, uh, there, there are two ways of looking at it. The one is you need a space in which you can 
fulfill all your living requirements. You need to be able to eat and sleep in it in order to feel comfortable and feel this is the place that I'm living. And the other view is, no, as long as the space is suitable for what you're doing at that time, then, then that's a comfortable space to be, to be able to live. And it's important for each of us to know our own styles. Here we're talking about an objective halakhic requirement, but there's obviously there wouldn't be an issue around this if people weren't different, and there's a need to standardize halakha, even though people are different. And with people being different, it's important for each of us to know ourselves. What kind of living space do we need? Is the living space, is it there to serve our living needs? In other words, the real thing is teishvuk ein taduru means you need to live comfortably. You need to be able to have a mindset of permanence. The, the house is just what enables that. It just makes that possible. Or do we say, no, there needs to be a sense of permanence in the house. The structure of the house is important. So for some people, the home is an object in and of itself. It's a work of art. It's a thing that, that they worship that is important and valuable to them. And to some people, the house is just a place in which to be able to live. And as long as it facilitates my lifestyle, it doesn't make that difference to me what exactly it looks like. And some people need beautiful spaces because they're very aesthetically minded. They need light. They need space. They need beauty. Some people don't need that. If they have a little room lined with sfarim and a place to sit and learn, they're as happy as the day is long. It's just important to know ourselves and, and, and certainly in, in marriage when a husband and wife get together, sometimes those are different. What the, uh, what the husband needs and what the wife needs is, is different and uh, living space is, is something that has to be negotiated together because everybody has to live in that living space. But the important thing is the value. Are we treating the house as a place that facilitates life and the teshfu ke'en taduru is a mindset? Or is teshfu ke'en taduru me? Does that mean you need a living space that is in and of itself represents some level of permanent comfort?